This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on day 11 of the 60-day legislative session, where the Ways and Means Committee in the Florida House has signed off on a billion-dollar tax increase. Or is it? It's time that Florida joined the other 48 states in making the collection of legal and existing sales tax a standard process online. This is a tax increase. People need to understand that. This is historic. And this is not a tax increase. It is increasing the out-of-pocket living expenses of your constituents to pay an insurance premium for a private company. This decision is pretty unconscionable. Whatever you call it, that bill is moving fast, thanks to a new deal between the House Speaker and the Senate President on how to spend the windfall. The Senate Rules Committee passes the COVID Liability Protection Bill. It's a dramatic change to Florida law. You're potentially impacting thousands of consumers, Floridians, uh, who may have contracted this disease because a business or a healthcare provider didn't act reasonably. The Senate had been working on two separate bills, one for business, the other for health care workers and facilities, but they've now been combined in a single package that is ready for the Senate floor. A House subcommittee passes a bill saying doctors cannot perform an abortion if the mom is doing it because her fetus has a genetic disability. The practice of manipulating the human population through abortion should be treated as an abomination and banned. There are reasons why women choose to have an abortion, and they are none of our business. The governor stops in Lake City and Jacksonville to plug the COVID vaccine and Walgreens. Today is exciting because we are going to be able to expand the Walgreens footprint for COVID vaccines in the state of Florida from 12 stores currently to 97 Walgreens stores statewide. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and two Florida man stories. One is facing charges for the Capitol riot. The other was saved from a carjacker by his Tesla. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB 48. Paid for by Americans Prosperity, Florida. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, March 12th. This is Alfred Hitchcock Day. It's also National Girl Scout Day, commemorating the very first scout meeting in 1912 in Savannah, Georgia. Back then, they were known as the Girl Guides. On this date in 1933, FDR held his first fireside chat on the radio. In 1947, President Harry Truman introduced the Truman Doctrine to fight communism. And one year ago today, Donald Trump banned travel with 26 European countries due to COVID-19. Looks like you can say goodbye to the last tax loophole for consumers, the one that allows you to avoid the Florida sales tax when you buy something online. And the extra money you'll have to pay? That's going to end up as a tax break for businesses. The Ways and Means Committee in the Florida House has approved a bill ordering out-of-state retailers to charge the sales tax and send that money to the state treasury. It will bring in more than a billion dollars per year. But supporters claim it is not a new tax because we were supposed to be paying this already. Grace Lovett with the Florida Retail Federation says the current system that allows you to avoid the sales tax is also unfair to brick-and-mortar businesses. This is not a new tax. This is a change in the process of collection. 
Instead of requiring consumers to navigate a tedious process to pay the state sales tax when an online uh, business does not collect it for them, which I want to say, and I want to remind folks too, that these businesses are doing that in 43 other states. 45 states have sales tax. 43 states have already modernized their, their tax laws. So we're not creating a burden there. We just want to once again say this is about fairness for Florida bricks and mortar retailers and we're, we're very, very appreciative of uh, Representative Clemens, Representative Lamarca. We really appreciate the leadership of Speaker Sprouse on this, um, this agreement with the Senate and we ask for your support. That agreement, she mentioned, is that all the new money from the online tax will be dumped into the Unemployment Insurance Trust Fund, which is financed by a tax on businesses. Rich Templin with the Florida AFL-CIO says the end result is that all the new money collected from consumers will end up as a tax break for business. What this legislation is doing, it is increasing the out-of-pocket living expenses of your constituents to pay an insurance premium for a private company. It's that simple. We'd love to see this policy move forward. We'd love to see that money go into general revenue. We'd love for all of you on the Appropriations Committee to have the ability to, to, to spend it and do things with it. But what this bill is now, and people will figure it out, it's you voting to increase the cost of their lives to pay for an insurance premium. I don't think that's something that anybody really wants to try to defend. This decision is pretty unconscionable, and I really hope that you reconsider it. Representative Anthony Sabatini of Lake County was one of only two lawmakers to vote against the bill in committee. He says the tax increase is forever. The tax break for business is not. We are creating a permanent tax increase, but we're attaching to it a temporary tax cut. That's what's happening. It's going to yield almost $1.1 billion. But the amount of money that we pulled in is going to be used just over the next couple of years to pay down the Florida Unemployment Compensation Fund. So it's a temporary tax cut attached to a permanent tax increase. I'm always going to vote for a tax cut because, like Milton Friedman said, I'm for any tax cut for any reason, any time, for as many things as possible. But it doesn't go far enough. Why? Because we're creating a new revenue stream a new revenue stream of starting at a billion dollars, but what's going to rapidly increase every single year dramatically. As you all know, we all buy things increasingly more every single year online. So you're going to have a huge amount of cash flow, a huge amount of revenue taken from Florida consumers, Florida consumers, which brings me to another part of the bill that needs, that's been wildly misunderstood by the public. They do not understand that it's Floridians who are going to be paying the business just takes the tax and gives it to the government. We're taxing our own people, but we're calling it something differently. This is a tax increase. People need to understand that. But most lawmakers seem to like this deal. Representative Chip Lamarca of Broward County says there's a symmetry between the online sales tax and the unemployment insurance fund. You know, we all say it, but now's the time to prove it. Florida is a bold leader. When faced with the most challenging times, we persevere. It's time that Florida joined the other 48 states and making the collection of legal and existing sales tax a standard process online, just like our retailers do each and every day in their businesses. 
Our leaders in Florida and the House and the Senate have also made this, made this a solution to saving our business and employees as we come out of the pandemic, making unemployment insurance affordable and not causing us to deal with another fiscal cliff for Floridians. But the happiest man in the room was Representative Thad Altman of Brevard County. And who can blame him? Altman says he's been trying to get something done about the online sales tax for 18 years. This is landmark. This is a legacy item. This is historic. And this is not a tax increase. The tax laws that we have now is creating, forcing, well, maybe not forcing, but we're creating criminals of our citizens because when they buy something online from out of state and they don't pay the taxes, they are a criminal. They're violating state law. This fixes this. There's no tax increase. But we're basically adjusting the way we collect that, this tax to respond to a, a whole new and exciting and wonderful uh, free enterprise system that we have, and that's online sales. This is a great bill. This is excited. This is a historic means of filling a tax loophole and allowing the state of Florida to properly collect taxes that they're not collecting right now. This is a landmark piece of legislation, one that we can all be extremely proud of. You know, I lost count of the number of superlatives in that last quote, but that may be a new record for the podcast. The Senate Ways and Means Committee has approved two sales tax holidays later this year. There's the holiday to stock up on disaster supplies at the start of the hurricane season. Senator Ed Hooper of Palm Harbor says that's been combined with a tax break for people who have to take out an emergency loan from the feds because of a disaster. Uh, as Florida continues to experience natural disasters such as hurricanes, the bill would allow Floridians the opportunity to prepare items such as radio, batteries, and generators. Items purchased for disaster preparedness and protection would be exempt from sales and use tax and local discretionary sales surtaxes. Additionally, the bill provides an exemption from the state's documentary stamp taxes for emergency-related loans provided by the federal government. Florida law currently exempts, exempts state loans under the Florida Small Business Emergency Bridge Loan Program. During these uncertain times, a disaster can make a situation uh, much worse. The bill gives individuals the opportunity to be prepared and allows the legislature to provide more relief to Floridians. That is the bill. The second tax holiday is for back-to-school shopping. The sponsor is Senator Keith Perry of Gainesville. This is the bill that we go through and hear every year. Uh, it's a back-to-school sales tax holiday. It's 10 days from July 30th through August the 8th. It includes items such as clothing for $60 or less, school supplies $15 or less, personal computers and computer-related accessories at $1,000 or less, and this has the potential to save the taxpayers, the working families of Florida, approximately $70 million. The sales tax holidays have now cleared two Senate committees without a single vote against them. The Rules Committee in the State Senate approves a bill granting businesses and health care facilities new protections against COVID liability lawsuits. Supporters of the bill say they're protecting the health care heroes who put their lives on the line during the pandemic. But Senate Democratic Leader Gary Farmer of Broward County says they're also protecting businesses that ignored safety regulations and put their own employees and customers at risk. I just think this bill goes too far. Um, there is no evidence of a crisis in this area. We heard testimony about 70 cases being filed with the, the one or the one law firm getting, you know, having 70 cases. That's evidence of a problem with the facility, not with the system or with the law. Again, most of our nursing homes, our ALFs, others do tremendous work. 
it's the bad apples that give, you know, a little bit of a black eye to, to an industry. It's that way with lawyers. It's that way with nursing homes. But this is a really dramatic change. And it's perspective. It doesn't just cover that period of time when the supplies weren't available or the, 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 the knowledge base wasn't nearly as developed as it is now. And I just think uh, the bill goes too far. It's a dramatic change to Florida law. You're potentially impacting thousands of consumers, Floridians, uh, who may have contracted this disease because a business or a healthcare provider didn't act reasonably. Senator Farmer offered a series of amendments to the bill, but each was rejected, including one to make these legal protections temporary. Senator Jeff Brandis of St. Petersburg says they really have no idea how long this will last. Unfortunately, we're still dealing with COVID and we're dealing with new variants that seem to pop up every week, whether it's Brazil or Germany or England or China. We hear about new variants of COVID. We don't know of the effectiveness of this vaccine against these new variants. Uh, in fact, un- unfortunately, there's some data that suggests that that the, the, the vaccine may not help with certain of these variants. And so we need to watch this very closely. I think it would be imprudent at this time to sunset this as we're dealing with still so many unknowns as it relates to this virus. This legislature will be back here next year. It will be back the year after that. We can address it at that time. Now that it's cleared the Rules Committee, the next stop is the Senate floor. The governor visits Lake City and Jacksonville to spread some COVID news. For starters, he says Walgreens is adding more stores to the list of locations where you can be vaccinated. Today is exciting because we are going to be able to expand the Walgreens footprint for COVID vaccines in the state of Florida from 12 stores currently to 97 Walgreens stores statewide. So to make an appointment for a COVID vaccine at a Walgreens, visit walgreens.com. You click on the COVID um, symbol or whatever they have up there for that, and then it'll go through. So we appreciate Walgreens, uh, the partnership. I can tell you, if you look, whenever we've put a lot of retail pharmacies in places, I mean, the numbers go up because this is what they do uh, every day. And so when you're talking about, uh, we did Publix initially, then we've been able to do CVS and Walgreens as part of the federal pharmacy program, also Winn-Dixie and Walmart. Uh, it's made a really big difference in areas that have had that coverage. You've seen the numbers go up really, um, really well. And I'm, and I'm excited because if you look, you look at some of the progress we're making, we have close to 3 million seniors that have gotten shots in the state of Florida. Ron DeSantis also talked about expanding the list of people who can get a shot now that vaccine supplies are increasing. We have more supply on a weekly basis than we did at the beginning of January. I mean, people, you guys remember, it was like to get an appointment was like winning the lottery almost because there was 260,000 doses a week for a state of 22 million people, four and a half million seniors. And so as we've increased that, as the federal pharmacy program has ramped up, that gives us more opportunities. So when people go online to try to get appointments, it's actually something that's, that's much easier to do. And if you're 10 minutes late when the window opens, there's still appointments available. Early on, they'd open a window and there'd be thousands and thousands of appointments that would just be taken up within 10 minutes, eight minutes sometimes, um, just be gone. So that's good. So what's gonna happen is Monday, we're going to eight, moving the age down to 60. So 60 to 64 will also be eligible, come in here just like anybody else has been doing all the seniors. 
that's between one and a half and two million additional Floridians that will be eligible. Now, there have been some Floridians in that age group who've been vaccinated because we do comorbidities, we do the healthcare workers, we've done law enforcement, we've done teachers and some of that other stuff. But by and large, that's going to be a pretty decent expansion. There's going to be some folks who are chomping at the bit, so they're going to be able to do it. The good news is today's expansion of the retail program, we think we're going to be able to expand even more next week, and we'll have an announcement about that. So I think what we'll have is pretty much any community with, with a decent size, there's going to be multiple retail options for you to be able to go in and do it. And I think that's going to make a huge difference. So then we do the 60. Then our next step will be lowering the age to 55. I will announce that hopefully relatively soon because I think we're making a lot of progress. And then once we do the 55 and up, uh, we probably would be able to really open it up more broadly if the supply continues on the way we're doing. And I think these pharmacies are really going to play the dominant role in getting the shots into the arms. Things may be getting better, but that has not stopped the body count. The health department reported 96 additional fatalities Thursday and more than 5,000 new cases of COVID. Our death toll has reached 32,639. The Public Health Subcommittee in the Florida House approves a bill that tries to ban what are known as disability abortions. House Bill 1221 by Representative Aaron Grawl of Vero Beach prohibits a physician from performing an abortion if the woman wants it because the fetus has a genetic disability, like Down syndrome, scoliosis, dwarfism, or basically any sort of physical or mental disability. That may sound noble to some, but Representative Kelly Skidmore of Palm Beach County says it's a smokescreen. This is not about people with disabilities or fetuses with disabilities. It's a cloak. It is a cloak that we have wrapped around an infringement on a woman's right to choose her health care, to choose an abortion. An abortion is health care. An abortion is health care. An abortion is health care. That is something that is overlooked in this conversation all the time. There are reasons why women choose to have an abortion, and they are none of our business. They are a decision that she and her family and her God and her doctor make. And we have no business in this decision. We continue to distrust women on these decisions as if we come by them lightly and we need your help to come to a conclusion. We do not. We do not need a politician's help. We do not need the legislature's help to decide what is best for our family and our bodies and our futures. But Representative Grawl says aborting a fetus because of a disability is something right out of the Nazi playbook. I know that there are issues that those of us in this room will never agree on fully. That's part of this process. Um, and for those of you that feel as strongly as you do that abortion is health care, there are many of us that don't feel that the killing of a child can ever be health care. Genetic testing for the purposes of ending human life is eugenics. The study of how to arrange reproduction within a human population to increase the occurrence of heritable characteristics regarded as desirable. Developed largely by Sir Francis Galton as a method of improving the human race, eugenics was increasingly discredited as unscientific and racially biased during the 20th century, especially after the adoption of its doctrines by the Nazis in order to justify their treatment of the Jews, disabled people, and other minority groups. The practice of manipulating the human population through abortion should be treated as an abomination and banned.
This practice of destroying those that are or may be disabled is detrimental and contrary to our culture and our values. The disability abortion ban passed on a vote of 11 to 7. Now, Florida already has more than 20,000 people with disabilities who are legally entitled to services but are stuck on a waiting list because the state doesn't spend enough to deal with the problem. This bill would not do anything to take care of that waiting list, except maybe make it longer. And it doesn't provide any financial help for families who would be forced to have children with disabilities. They will, however, get a pamphlet from the state telling them how to look for assistance. Your calendar of events and the ongoing saga of Florida Man is next, right after a word from the sponsors. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Welcome back to the Sunshine Calendar, and it's a short one. The Revenue Estimating Conference meets at 9. The House Civil Justice and Property Rights Subcommittee meets at 9.30. The House Secondary Education Subcommittee meets at 9.30, and the Board of Chiropractic Medicine meets at 1.00. Another Florida man is facing federal charges for Insurrection Day. Howard Burton Adams was arrested earlier this week on charges of civil disorder, intimidation or force against a witness, entering a restricted building, and violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds. If convicted on all charges, he could get up to 28 years in prison and $900,000 in fines. Finally, a Florida man says his Tesla Model 3 saved him from a carjacking last week. Draper Younce was at an apartment complex in Jacksonville when a carjacker pulled a gun and ordered him out of the car. But this Tesla has flush door handles, so when the gunman tried to yank open the door, there was nothing to grab. While the guy was momentarily distracted, the driver stomped on the pedal. The frustrated carjacker fired a shot, hit the car, but the driver was not injured. Now, this model Tesla also has eight onboard cameras, so he was able to capture the entire incident on video and hand it over to police. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg, inviting you to join us again Monday as we continue to plumb the depths of Florida politics.